Thank you for listening to Christian Family Church Podcast. Here at CFC, our mission is to live and communicate the power of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to the world around us. From wherever you're listening, we hope you'll be encouraged by this week's message. I assume this is working. Yep, good. <laughs> I managed to dress myself this today. I don't normally with this thing. But yeah, it was funny. When I came this morning, I gave them a PowerPoint, you know, the memory stick to put in, and they said, oh, this is old technology. How do you work this? Oh, oh come on. <laughs> good morning. Good morning to all of you online too. It's just lovely to be here. And I've had the most marvellous week. I've been away with my sister and my sons. And it's just so lovely to catch up with family, to have time with them. So it's been great. This morning, I want to talk to you about trust. And the reason I want to talk with you about this is some or month or so ago, I had myself in such a state. I was shaking, I was nauseous, I had headaches. I had got myself into such a worried state. And you know what happens when you do that, your brain goes round and round and round and round on the same thing. And at that stage I thought, I've got to do something about this. And so I thought, I'm going to start looking at trust. And so it was great when Andrew rang me last week before I went away, he said, would you like to preach? And of course, he he knew I'd say, yes, 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 yes. (laughs) And he said, well, will you do it on? And I said... I think I'll do it on trust and I'll think more about it. And so that's what I want to do today. And the first thing I did was go to the Word, find some verses on trust. So I'll give the kids the thumbs up. First, first, first one, please. So, and this is the one I love, Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. You know, the first thing I got from that was I looked at it again and I'd learnt this verse long ago and I thought, that's not right. There's something wrong with that. You know what I'd done in the years we'd be proceeding? Somehow I had changed that verse to trust in the Lord with all your heart and with all your mind and lean not onto your own understanding. Within me, I had changed it and it's not what it says. So that really, really got me thinking. Now, with regard to the problem I had, that was a a, a family problem, an ongoing one, but and I'd been worrying and worrying about it and I'd got to the what ifs and what if this and what if that and what if something else. And then as I was sitting looking at that verse, it was like God said to me, 
what if you've got it all wrong? That was, that, was, that was the thought that came to me. What if you've got it all wrong? What if you're asking God for the wrong thing? What if you, what you're asking is scriptural, that's fine. But you're asking him to do it the way I wanted him to do it. You know how, like, I just like him to click his fingers and say, right, done. But that's not how God works, is it? It's not how, it wo- how he works. And I began to think, what if God doesn't want to do it this way? What if God has an entirely different plan and purpose for this member of my family? What if he wants to do it in such a way that will bring him great glory. What if, and all these what ifs again, but it was giving me a different perspective on how I had been thinking. And we all have problems in life. That's what life's about, problems and victories. I love those songs, first song, Mandy. I thought, yep, I'm on the right track. Mandy's got the song that fits perfectly. (laughs) Yeah, we all have. We have big decisions to make, little decisions to make, different things to overcome, but we all do, and God uses each one for his glory to teach us how to grow up. I was thinking of the... um, Disciples in the storm, you know, they're in the boat. Jesus is with them and he's in the boat and he's sleeping and the storm's all over them and they're frightened the boat's going to be submerged. And they finally wake him up and they say, well, don't you care that we're going to drown? He just stands up and says, peace, be still. I wonder what the disciples learned from that. They had problems, but they stopped. And the biggest thing for me in that was not even the peace be still, but Jesus was with them. And in every problem that we have, God is with us in it. He's not out over there saying, all right, here's the problem. I'm going to teach you to grow. Get on with it. Instead, he's there in the problem, working with us, teaching us how to to grow up and how to cope with it. Now, I've gone totally off track, but that's okay. Could I have the next slide, please? The next thing I did, we think, okay, that first verse says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not onto your own understanding. What did it mean in biblical days? In the days of the Hebrews, what did it mean? So I looked up what that verse meant in the Hebrew and it meant, I've got to look this way because I can't see that. It says, firm belief in the 
No, that, that's our dictionary. That's our dictionary verse. It says, firm belief in the reliability, truth or ability of someone or something. Relations have to be built on trust. If I don't have a relationship with God, I'm not going to trust him, am I? If I said to, um, don't know which one, well, Caleb, if I said to Caleb, Caleb, climb up on my shoulders and I'll take you for a horsey ride. I've got a feeling that Caleb would look at me and say, I don't think so. If Dad said get up on my shoulders, off he'd go. But I just have this feeling that he'd say, I think you'll fall over. <laughs> I wouldn't trust me. <laughs> Not with that. But we need to build up that trust with God. We need to be spending the time with him, getting to know him. He knows us intimately. But do we know him intimately? And as I looked at it and how I had reacted to our family problem, I realised, I don't know if it was in home group or somewhere, there was a little question, where is your trust metre at the moment between one and ten? And at that stage I thought, yeah, three, maybe. It was just for this big problem, but I thought, this is just not on. I need to be spending more time with God, more time in the Word, more time just sitting with him, looking at it. And so I've absolutely loved preparing this because it has given me a focus to think about and prepare and talk to God about. So I've decided in future I'm going to just start preparing fake sermons because it makes me think, makes me focus. <laughs> It's not as funny as it sounds. I actually think I might do it. Could I have the next slide, please? Now, this is the Hebrew thinking in their day. It says, the heart is the locus, the entirety, of physical and spiritual being and represents the central wisdom of feeling as opposed to the head wisdom of reason. Now, as I go on, I don't want you to be thinking I'm... Um, is there another slide attached to that one? I think there might be. Yeah, it is compassion and understanding, life-giving and complex. In fact, ancient Israelites didn't even have a word for brain that we know of. But they were talking of seeing with the heart feeling with the heart. Now, I don't want you to get me wrong. Sally woke me up to this yesterday when we were talking that I could be misconstrued. I'm not talking about getting rid of your brain, not using it, not being sensible, going by your feelings and emotions. That's not what I'm saying at all. We need our brains, we need to be sensible, but we need also, and this is what I was feeling, I needed to learn to put my brain aside, my thinking, my reason, and sit with God and let him speak to my heart so that I could hear with the ears of my heart 
so that I could see with the eyes of my heart. There's so many passages in the Bible that talk of the eyes of the heart, the ears of the heart. Mandy mentioned something before and I thought that's a good verse and I can't remember it now, but that's okay. But we need to, to think and feel and see with our hearts. Get the reason out. If I had not got into reason thinking, I would not have got into that state I was in because I was all in the logic, what if this happens, what if that happens, what if... But that's not where we are with God. We need to come to that quiet place, see what he's saying to your heart, what he wants you to think. If I hadn't been sitting looking at that verse, I possibly wouldn't have heard the words, what if you've got it all wrong? And I have to say, just with those words and then my thinking, what if this God can use this in a different way, I'd probably be still in a mess. But it's like the load's gone. God's got it. God's in the problem. And that's trust in actual fact, giving control over to God. Giving the control saying, okay, I can't do a thing about this problem. There's nothing I can do. But you know the best thing. You love them far more than I'll ever love them. You will do the best. You know the future. I don't. Just looking at my time too, trying not to go too long. So for me, trust was that. Now I'm going to skip to another verse which looks like I've gone totally off the track. But just bear with me on this next slide. Paul, remember Paul? Paul went through so much. He was, what, whipped, beaten, put in prison however many times. Every, well, the majority of all the leaders hated him. They really wanted him gone. He had trouble, but he trusted. And this verse, I'm going to read it in a very funny way, but just go with me. We are hard-pressed on every side, comma, but not crushed, semicolon, perplexed, comma, but not in despair, semicolon. Persecuted, comma, but not abandoned. Struck down, comma, but not destroyed. There's no full stop. God doesn't see us in a problem and say, you're in the problem, full stop. It says, comma, wait, see what I will do. Do, comma, you're hard-pressed on every side. That's the fact. That's what you can see. That's what you're in at the moment. Comma, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. So the question is there, which side of the comma are you living in? Are you living on the side, on the right-hand side of the comma, 
But in your problems, are you living on the left-hand side of the comma? Now, I've got to admit, I didn't get that out of my own brain. I, I pinched it, but it really spoke to me that to ask myself the question each time, because things come all the time, don't they? Problems, decisions, everything. Ask yourself, which side of the comma am I on at the moment? I'm not saying don't look at the fact, because fact's fact, it's what's happening. Not saying that, look at the fact, but then look at it from God's perspective. What does God think? Check it up in the word. If you're going to make a decision, ask God. But then if he answers you, check up that that is in line with the word, that it's not off going down the fairy path. You need to know that you're walking in alignment with God, especially if you're trying to listen with the heart spiritually because we can think God says things and it's nothing like what it's we all get tripped up, but we grow as we make all these mistakes. And I want to finish off there. I suppose my point is in all of this is have the perspective of God. Look to God for his perspective on things because quite often our perspectives are up the creek. Now, I had five points that I want to look at. And I, so I took that word trust, and you know how they do it. They put T for something and R. That's what I've done. And I made it up myself, so, but I thought that was fine. T, take everything to God in prayer. Learn to take the little problems, the little decisions you have to make to God in prayer. Write them down. Write the pros and cons. Write it all down. He knows the problem. He doesn't need to hear it, but you do. How many times have you talked something out with a friend and they've sat and listened and all of a sudden it's come clear to you what you've been thinking? That, and sometimes you realise, what a load of rubbish. <laughs> I've got it all wrong. You need to put it all down, put it how you see it. And talk to God about it. Ask him how he sees it. Take it to God in prayer. Check up what the word says. Check up. The next one was R. And this one I love. Rest in God. I don't know what any of you do, but you know, I can pray. But then if I want to rest in God... I'll lie down on the floor, not the bed, because I'll go to sleep. But I'll lie on the floor and just be with him. He might speak to me, he might not. But to be in his presence is the most beautiful place. Sometimes I imagine myself on a pier with a fishing rod with him. Just both of us dangling our feet over the pier, fishing rods and just being there paddling in the water as I talk with him. But being with him, listening, maybe having a verse like trust in the Lord with all your heart and just thinking on it. And if your mind goes off with the fairies, that's fine. Bring it back again when you're ready. 
to begin with, that can be really, really hard, and I'm still finding it hard, just to stop, be still, listen, don't speak. That's hard. And, yeah, I can do it for two minutes. After that, my mind goes off. But just bring it back, and you find out that it's a very peaceful, restoring time of just sitting with God, just being there. Even if you're not saying anything, he's not saying anything, you're there in that place, getting reinvigorated to get up and do whatever else you've got to do. So you can take just two minutes and do it. Go off, do what you've got to do. Have another couple of minutes. Just being still. And to me, that's receiving his love. You. Yeah, that was receiving. We're up to you. Understand, undertaking what God tells you to do. Sometimes, in you're in that quiet place, God will speak to you. Thought might come to you. Go and ring up such and such. Go and visit someone. You know you shouldn't have done that. Apologise. If God tells you to do something, do it. Don't put it off. Because then, each time you put it off, it's harder to go and do what he wants. So undertake what he's telling you to do. He may be telling you, stop, stand, wait. I always think then when I say stop, stand, the Israelites at the Red Sea, they can see the dust of the chariots coming at them, hurtling down. The sea's there. What do they do? Moses says to them, Stand and see what the Lord will do. Stand. There's times when it's just stand. Trust. I used to say to God, because I used to hear him a lot, he'd just say to me, just trust me. And one day I said to him, I am sick of this phrase, just trust me. Can't you say something else instead of just trust me? He still still says, trust me. He knows I need to learn it. Just be still and trust him. The last one, nine, T. Another T. Take on the armour of God. We need the armour of God every day. We cannot do without it. Take on your helmet of salvation Cover your mind. You know, know in that taking on the helmet of salvation, Jesus died for you. His love is so great. He's not going to leave you where you are. He's going to take you on further. Each one of you, he has a plan and a purpose. You may not know it or you might, but he has it. Take on the arm the helmet of salvation. I quite often, especially with this family member, pray the blood of Jesus over their mind. Just as protection, and I know just the blood of Jesus is just so powerful. All he did by dying on the cross for us 
He broke the power of sin. He's freed us. It's so important. Take on the breastplate of righteousness. God has made you right with himself. We are right with him. No matter what we've done, he has made us right with him. We can come to him for everything. The girdle of truth. So often we think, I've wrecked it again, I've mucked it up, I'm no good. This can happen. The girdle of truth. There's so much truth in the word, but the truth is to each, each one of you, is a precious gem in God's crown. He loves you so much. Just you. When I say just you, just you and you and you, all of you. His love can't be divided. It's just we can't explain it. But you are special. You are valuable. You are very important and he has something for you to do. What's the next one? We've had the head, the breastplate, the girdle of truth, sword of the spirit. Take on the word of God. Think on it. Just on that as that word trust. Think on that word. Look up the scriptures that says different things about it. Trust. Take it on. Take on the sword of the spirit. Use the sword. Not much good sitting in the sheath. Use the sword. Use the word of God. Speak it out loud. I don't know why, but there seems to be more power and whatever in it when you speak it out loud. Stamp your foot even. I've been known to do that. Stamp your foot and say it. But help yourself to grow. What have we got left? Shoes of peace of the gospel. Now, you might, yep, you might think, now, what am I going to do with these? Here I am in all this problem. Yeah, the rest of the armour I can use. But even in the middle of a problem, or when it's finished, be ready. It's nothing more, um, I can't think of the word, but I know if I speak about Jesus to someone, my heart really leaps. It's, it's just wonderful. It does whatever. It really, your spirit jumps to meet God's spirit as you say something about God to someone else. It's just so powerful to speak about him. Now, you might say something and you might think, well, that was a waste of time, wasn't it? Didn't listen to a word. Do you really know that? Look at it from God's perspective. He can use what you say for him in a totally different way to what you think. I know many times I've thought, well, I've mucked that up properly. But that's God's business, not yours. And the more you do it, of course, the easier it gets. And I know you can't just go and Bible bash someone. I'd love to. I'd l <laughs> I would love to go and just Bible bash and you listen here, just listen to this, but it's not on, is it? People don't want you to do that. And you've got to have the right time, the right place. But don't wait until it's always the right time and place and never have the right time and place. Take that little step of faith and just 
it's like I, I, mean, I was walking my dog in the cemetery. This is really going off track. I was walking the dog in the cemetery and I met a man in a uh, scooter, on a scooter. And we were just chatting. And, I, and he said something and I said, oh, I'll pray for you. And he laughed and he said, well, that'll do you a lot of good. <laughs> and I, and I, but it opened the conversation. Now, I don't know if he took any of it in, but it opened that conversation with him. So just take the little opportunities. Yeah, as I said, I'm right off the track now. Um, to take on the armour of God and stand in it. Use it. Use it. But in everything, ask God what his perspective is on the problem, the decision. I mean, I'd love to ask God, I don't know what to do in this. Can you tell me, please? And I do do that, but I quite often don't hear a word. But I have found that if I really believe it's right in my heart, then go and do it. And trust God, if you've mucked it up, he'll turn it around for good. That finish of that trust in the Lord with all your heart and all your understanding, and lean not unto your own understanding is in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. And that's a promise. That's a promise. Whether you get it right or wrong, he will direct your path if you're doing it his way. Let's pray. Father, pray that you would... Help us to understand, come to an intimate knowledge of you, each one of us, that we would come to know and love you, to hear your voice in our hearts, in our spirits, to listen and feel. Father, we're so used to using logic in our thinking. We're taught to use logic and reason, but help us when it is appropriate to put that reasoning aside and sit with you and listen with the heart. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>